Top 10, you don't have to wander anymore. Top 10, <laughs> it's time to find out what they score. You're listening to Terrifying Women. So this is Terrifying Women, and I'm Mark. I'm Kelly, and tonight we're doing a top 10. I'm so excited to do this because like every horror past I've, horror podcast I've listened to in the past has always done a December top 10 list. Although this might show up in January. Who knows? We don't know. Uh, no, this should be out by the end of the year. I mean, it might be right at the end of the year, but I'm pretty sure we'll get it out before perfect, the end of the year. Perfect. So like, so we do we have some ground rules? Yeah. Because I think that like if we start from 10, we'll do some honorable mentions at the end. Okay, that works. But if we start at 10 and then go down to one, each of us go back and forth. What if we have the same movie as each other somewhere else on the list? We don't want to have to talk about it twice. No. So I guess no, the other person. I, mean, I think we can talk about it in the moment. <laughs> what I was thinking, why don't we like the other person just calls dibs because it's their higher one. Oh, yeah. Whoever gets to it first. Prepare to defend your position. And then we'll talk about it when we get to the higher the higher rated. <laughs> okay. All right. That works. <laughs> and then everyone can think, whoa, it's higher. <laughs> <laughs> or not. They could be like, what? 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 What's wrong with these people? Right. And we are doing total 2023 releases, regardless of gender behind the camera. But I do want to call out... Those that were directed by female directors, of which I have uh, four of my top ten are female directors. I have um, one, two, three. Um, I don't know about that one. I would have to really. Oh, you know, you don't have a giant spreadsheet with a scoring. I system? don't. I just have my letterboxed open. Oh my word. <laughs> I don't have any of that. No, it, no, I... I this, is, this is where my OCD shines. <laughs> and I'm a Gemini, so it it could change in the moment. <laughs> and this, this, is, this is where the ADHD comes in, because everything that's top of mind is currently the best thing I've ever seen. So I had to make a spreadsheet with some very specific rules. I gave them scores on. See, I just I just have my letterbox list, and I do like a, a running list for the entire year. And whenever I watch a new one, I just say, nope, that one was better than that one. Was it better than this one? And I finally hit a 10. <laughs> yep, right in the moment. I gave them scores on interesting, visual, pacing, scary, and overall vibe. So you are vibe in the moment, just in the moment. Yep. I actually have already started 2024. Wow, what? And and what I well what I do is I put potentials. Oh yeah, well because yeah I forgot you do potentials on there too. Yeah, I put potentials in a in a running list and then I go back as I watch them and I shift the order. Oh uh, yeah, so potentials go on a list of potentials for me. <laughs> I just do it all on one sheet. It's messy. It's real, real messy. Anyway, let's get started. Okay. I'm excited. All right. So what do you have at your number 10? Oh, at my number 10, I have the uh, the Stephen King adaptation of The Boogeyman. Oh. See, and I had I didn't have any hopes for this movie. None? At all. I liked Sophie Thatcher, the, the actress who's in... Um, who plays the younger Juliette Lewis in Yellow Jackets. Yeah, right, right. No, she was she's, great. Yeah, she's the primary, uh, she's the main character. And I just thought it was generally scary that there's so much to it. There's like, there's stuff under the bed, there's stuff in the closet, you know. It just hits all that childhood, like terrifying stuff that's going on. But it yeah, also it has some really interesting, like additional things going on. There's a Marin Ireland who we might be talking about later. <laughs> There's a Marin, Marin Ireland performance that's really good. Um, and I think just in generally, it, it, it took me. It, it, it took me where I needed to go. Absolutely. The visuals were uh, excellent. Yes. Uh, yeah, and the overall tone of the film was just really good, very creepy. 
excellent vibe. Honestly, I don't know why it didn't make my top 10. There were a lot of movies that I knocked out just last night. Oh. Yeah. I knocked it out last night. And then, um, like, some of them would have, I, I really thought were going to be on there from the beginning of okay. 2024. Or t- 2023, I mean. So, anyway, that's my number 10. All right. For my number 10, I've got Cobweb. Cobweb. Well, then I call dibs. Okay. All right. We'll talk about it right. later. So what's your number nine? I have Renfield at number nine. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Renfield. No, I have to say Renfield is like my number 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was I thought it was super fun. Oh, yeah. And I love Nick Cage. I love Nicholas Holt. And Aquafina never fails to make a movie better, She's in great. my opinion. She's great. Yeah, and I, uh, I just, I dug it overall. I mean, I do love, I love a, a good parody of horror. Right. Yeah, and it was, I would say that it was, it was just as much action movie as it was horror comedy, horror parody. Oh, absolutely. And that thing moved. Like, the pace on that it was did. crazy. It really did. Yeah, pacing is the score that put it over the top for me. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And Nicholas Holt really chewed it up. And, of course, the way that um, Nick Cage played Dracula, uh-huh. <laughs> just the the sheer, like, I've been, I've been at this I mean, too long. I feel like Nicholas Cage has entered this stage in his career where every role is just tired-ass Nicholas Cage. He said that, speaking of tired-ass Nicholas Cage, he said he's only got, like, two more movies in him and he's quitting. What? No. Yeah, he said he's quitting. Oh, man. No, but they all say that. They all say that. <laughs> they do. They do. And then, you know, they drag you back in. That's true. Yep. All right. So what's your number nine? My number nine is Dark Harvest. Ooh. That one almost, almost? made Okay. Ten. It was very and it was. It had been higher for a while. This was quintessentially Halloween. It's yes. about a, you know, a scarecrow. That is built in the, you know, in the middle of a cornfield mm-hmm. that comes alive on Halloween to wreak havoc on a small town. Very, uh, very reminiscent of Pumpkinhead in its visuals. But absolutely. It's a great creature effect. Yes. It really is. It, it seems like something that they spent a ton of money on. It, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But when you build in the fact that it's a period piece and it's set in the 50s or early 60s, Right. I think it's the 50s. Anyway, and it's more of a dystopian horror movie because it's basically this town like owes a debt to the the field or something. It's almost like a children of the cornfield. And like every year, all of the high school senior boys have to fight for the town and kill this monster. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a choice in the matter. And lots of them will get killed. And it does not shy away from killing these kids. <laughs> oh, no. A whole bunch of kids die. Yeah, with a lot of blood. And it is, I, I think that it's really, it has a it has a Bradbury feel to it Definitely. as well. And I remember reading the book, and I love the book. Oh, I did not, I did not know it was an adaptation. Yeah, it's uh, Norman Partridge was the author. And uh, it's actually, speaking of Pumpkinhead, the, the cover of the the original paperback was sort of a pumpkin-headed scarecrow. Oh, yeah. cool. Any, anyway, I think it's great. I, I like the way it turns at the end. And it has a really great sort of core performance between the actor and the actress, the two it teenagers. Does. It does. Yeah, yeah and I, I like the resolution. Yeah. And that might have been one of them that had... Well, no, I don't. I actually, never mind. That's not it. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to make up shit. I was shit. just going to lie. Okay. What do you have at your number uh, eight? Okay. This this movie had this house divided. Oh, my. Because Caroline hated this movie. Um, It's When Evil Lurks. It's that Argentinian follow-up to Terrified. Ooh, I haven't seen this one. Or Adorados or something. I can't remember what the original title was. So it's a take on the zombie genre. I don't want to give too much away because it's super like like there's there's some definitely some triggering stuff that goes on in this movie if you're if you're a mom i would really tread lightly on watching this especially if you have small children wait why why did caroline hate it um i think she didn't she thought she hated it because it was it followed the men Uh uh-huh and the men in the movie are 
just as dumb as you'd expect them to be. Okay. Just stupid. And um, yeah, it's. I think the only time that it's that it really ramps up is when the women in the movie take charge, and then that at that point it's only because they have to kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> as you do sometimes. As you do sometimes. You just have to kill a man to get shit done. Right. Right. Yeah. So basically, this is the director's take on um, the zombie genre. But the zombies are more of an effect of demonic possession, like Evil Dead. But it's more like like the the brujeria of the area have have launched this this curse upon the upon these people, and basically you just get sick, and at some point you become infectious, and you don't necessarily it, they're not necessarily going out and eating people, they're just super violent. All right. And it can happen to anyone. It can happen to dogs, too. And there is a scene with a dog attacking a kid that is really disturbing as fuck. Well, all right. Really, really disturbing. But And then there's other stuff, too. But it's really, it's one of those movies that it takes a while to get going. And you don't really know what's going on because the mythology is completely outside of our history of zombies. Right. It's all brand new mythology. It's brand new stuff. Yeah. And so I give it props for that. The ending does leave a little to be desired, but overall it's it's it feels really new and fresh and Good. disturbing. Yeah, okay. That's uh, that's going on my watch list. It's one that I have not seen. Okay. Right. And then you can figure out exactly what you why you think Caroline hated it so much. I'm sure I will pick it out. <laughs> <laughs> it will probably be the same reason I hate it as well. <laughs> right. It could it could be. Okay, what's your what's your number 8? My number 8 is the one that I hate is even on the list. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I am so upset that this movie even made my top ten. It's Knock at the Cabin. Oh. <laughs> okay, I understand. Because we all read that book, too. Yes. <laughs> so, do you have it on your list, or do I get to talk about it right now? You talk about it. It is not on my list. Okay, so the story follows the book, which I found very interesting. So it scored high there. It was terrifying honestly and it was very pretty because it's M. Night Shyamalan and he gets a budget and he's why I hate it's on this list. The pacing was good, the vibe was great, and the reason I'm mad that it's on this list is because I think M. Night Shyamalan is a hack who's been trading on the success of The Sixth Sense for almost 25 (laughs) years. Oh my god, you've liked nothing since The Sixth Sense? I wouldn't say nothing, but for the most part, yeah, they would go in a decreasing order from Sixth Sense on through. <laughs> okay, well, this is, we could turn this into a M. Night Shyamalan podcast, but I don't think that's going to be helpful. <laughs> so were you disturbed by the fact that they they really changed that last, like, twist in the book? I I actually was not. I thought it worked better than the book. Uh, the book ending, it was good, but it was vague. It was vague, but it was also more um, like by the time you get to the very end, something has happened that has really just taken the wind out of you. Yeah, the book is uh, it's very demoralizing. And uh, it was just, I highly recommend reading it. It's Paul Tremblay, right? Tremblay? Tremblay. Yep. Paul Tremblay. Who is excellent. I love his work. I highly recommend the book, but just uh, by the end of it, you're just, you're overcome with sadness and dread. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if that's the vibe you're looking for, it's great. And Cabin at the End of the World is the actual title of the book. Right. I wonder why they, he didn't want to use that title. I honestly don't know, but this is the other reason why I hate that this is on my list, because they totally cut him out of the marketing materials. It's not Knock at the Cabin based on the best-selling novel by Paul Tremblay. It's M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. Hmm. I wonder what's the story behind that. I don't know, but I don't like it, because I think the original author should at least get some poster credit, because it's going to sell some novels for him. Right. I would agree with that. So what did you think of the casting of Dave Bautista as Leonard? I thought he was fantastic. He was absolutely stole that movie. Oh, totally. I mean, he is so good. Honestly, he's made his stock and trade in the Gentle Giant (laughs) 
slash unexpectedly brutal character. And I love him in that. Yeah, he's great. He is great. I suspect my number seven is going to be on your list. Okay. What do you, uh, what do you got? My number seven is, is birth rebirth. No, it is not on my list. Oh no, I can't believe it. In fact, it is way down on my list, actually. No way. It is number 28 on my list. How is that even possible? Because it vibed at a one. (laughs) This is my first female-directed female project overall. And I think it was just an interesting interplay between sort of a character which you don't often see as being the protagonist, which is um, like a completely antisocial, very sort of driven um, uh, mortician. Not a mortician. She's a, she's a, what is she, what is it called? She's a, she's a pathologist. Pathologist. And um, a nurse who has recently lost her daughter to, I believe it's viral meningitis. Correct. Right. And so basically the the movie's about let's see the the pathologist finds that there are some I'm not I don't want to get too too into it but there's some something that she can do for this recently dead girl and they she's brought back to life which brings her and the the mother together in sort of a a slowly um deteriorating psychosis of <laughs> of care <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's the worst co-parenting situation ever. <laughs> they, they are not good co-parents. No, they are not. It, it's true. Um, yeah, I just really found as as sort of a horrific character study. I kind of, I just it was my shit. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought it was a little slow, and it was a drama with a a dead child at the center of it. I see. I see where you're going, <laughs> <laughs> and you disagree. I, and that's I, fine. But I take the horror. I take. I do take the horror from the sort of the the decompensation of mental health that right, goes on. Right, right. I get that. And that's sort of the core of it. And just yeah. And uh, and I see that. I get that. I uh, but I read that as drama. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's my number seven. Was it my number seven? Yes. Yeah, that was number seven. And my number seven is Brendan Cronenberg's. Infinity oh my War. god really yes see and i had you know what that's that's actually right below knock at the cabin for me and i did love it it was so good but it was so brutal it felt like a it just felt like sci-fi <laughs> it, did, it absolutely had a sci-fi backbone and it was holy crap one of the most brutal things i've seen in a long time all right. Did you watch the unrated version? No. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't know. Did I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I just what happened? the one that Hulu served to oh, me. Oh, okay. P- probably not then. I was going to say, what happened on the beach after their little pe- picnic? <laughs> Apparently, that's a very much longer scene in the unrated, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, wow. <laughs> so go ahead and talk about what Infinity Pool is about. I think I think it's pretty well known. It's a, it's about some people on vacation in another country, a uh, faraway land, if you will. Right. Undisclosed. Yes, undisclosed. Absolutely. So there's, a, there's an accidental death that is completely the fault of one of our, our tourists. I believe it is Skarsgård who accidentally kills this local. And the, the penalty for that is death. But... They will use a clone with all of your memories. And so, basically, you get to live forever creating chaos and crimes. For a small fee. I mean, realistically, it is a pretty small fee because this is an underdeveloped country with this amazing technology and this insane judicial system. Gestational as well. Um, I did find the execution scene because the your, your firstborn child is the one who's allowed to um, execute the the clone. Yes. And that was really disturbing. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I also dug the masks that they wore. Oh, yeah, no, they were great. I mean, visually, everything was fantastic. Cronenberg doesn't, 
well, neither Cronenberg typically doesn't make the top of my list because body horror isn't really my thing. Yeah, but this was way better than his dad's last effort. Oh, hands down. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm struggling to remember the name of that one. Uh, Crimes of the Future. That's it. Yeah, uh, Infinity Pool, by far superior. Yeah, okay, 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 sold, you sold it. All right, well, we've got a podcast coming up for my um, number six title. Oh, and what is your number six? It's totally killer. Oh, dibs. Okay, okay, okay. So you, what's your number six? My number six is There's Something Wrong With The Children. Oh, I didn't even see that one. Oh, really? So this is my first female director. It's Roxanne Benjamin. Okay. And it is uh, two, two couples on vacation. One couple has kids. They go on a hike in the woods. There's a mystery hole and the kids are infected with something. From the mystery hole? Yes, from the mystery hole. As so often happens. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a, it's a mystery hole on an abandoned army base. Anything could be down there. Okay. You know from now on we're going to have to refer to mystery hole for just about everything. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, mystery hole on an abandoned army base. Uh, Kids are infected with something. Chaos ensues. And that's basically the plot. And uh, truly, my only criticism of this film is, holy crap, who scored this thing? The score is over the top. It is way too loud in most of the places. It's just insane music a lot of the time. It's wild. <laughs> oh, man. But the, uh, the performances were great. The kids were fantastic. It has uh, that gal who played Monica Hall on Silicon Valley. I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I love this. Top to bottom. Good cast. I like some murderous children. And the score is wild. Great, great. Okay, so that brings us to number five on on my list. Okay, uh, what do you got? Or do you want to do yours first? No, go ahead. I've got oh god, because I don't I don't know the pronunciation exactly. It's Huisera, Huisera, the Bone Woman. Oh, Huisera. Uh, yeah. Yes, directed by. Yeah, that one also uh, way down on my list. Oh, really? Michelle Garva Cervera. So it's coming from a. Uh, there's been sort of a a slew of Mexican horror mm-hmm. that's been sort of on the rise down there that I, I that one movie, which was uh, only tigers. No, tigers are not afraid. Oh, tigers are not afraid is like insanely good. So good. It's, I mean, you you're terrified, but you're weeping. Yes. Yeah, it is. A, it's really the perfect combination of horror and uh, magical realism. Yeah, it's great. I thought this one was interesting in its take on sort of sexual liberation. Uh-huh. Because you've got your main character who has it, who seems to have lived as a lesbian through her teen years. Teen, early 20s. Right. Okay, but uh first of all, or or at least bisexual. Yeah, let's uh let's acknowledge that bisexual people exist. And yeah, uh, lived as a lesbian feels like bisexual erasure. We don't know though because they've—it's never mentioned. No, no, we don't know, and that's that's also fine. We have an unlabeled sexuality that seems to be rather fluid. Right, right, exactly. But we, and we don't even know where it ends up. Mm-mm. But anyway, so we've we've got a a woman who clearly wants a child at the beginning of this movie, and then she's she's being taken to the Virgin Mary statue and all this to sort of help get the the pregnancy, sort of give it some sort of mystical help. Right. And she's she has married this guy who is just, like, they must have put out a call for just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's basically it. He really is. Yep. And once she gets pregnant, she starts seeing things that are pretty disturbing, like suicides and... People like breaking bones left and right. I don't, you know, I don't know if there's a mythology in the background of this. Yeah, I, uh, I don't that either. We're unaware of, but apparently, everyone she knows that is a, an older female is a is a witch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much everyone. So many brujas in her life. 
Yes, for her not to be one. Right. Which is interesting. And But apparently it's not good to surround yourself with that many because you might be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too many witches. Too many witches. Too many witches. Um, yeah, I think that there there are long stretches of this movie that are pretty slow. Yes. But the ending sequence, I think, from the time they have the dinner party with that couple mm-hmm. and, and the the crib is set on fire yeah. through to the the final sort of exorcism that goes on, I think is pretty stellar it is. filmmaking. It is. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it is just the last third. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that they could have been more, um, they could have been more upfront with what was going on, like both historically and like currently how that sort of, there's no, we don't see any transition. No, none. So that might've been helpful. But I think overall, it was a it was definitely an interesting take on sort of a curse, exorcisms, things like that. Yeah, it is. It is. And we spend a fair amount of time with this girlfriend in the past and then reconnecting with her as she's helping her through this sort of traumatic experience. Right. And uh, I found it to be an interesting uh, way to explore your own sexuality. Right. And she clearly, I mean, I don't want to talk about the end too much, but I mean that she sort of, there's a, there's definitely a curve to it, I think. So, and so fluidity, this is entirely just fluidity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, from that perspective, I <laughs> and loved it. I just uh, didn't feel like it was horror, horror. Um, yeah, I got the, I think that it was the sort of the entwined, like how they, it was almost body horror in this sense, how the the bodies sort of become one and it was just a bunch of like legs. It was almost like a human spider thing. Right. Yeah. No, I see that. And uh, but I, I will say that bone cracking noise that they used throughout was just uh, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I mean, it gave me icky shivers every single time. <laughs> So what's your number five? My number five is Jen Reader's Perpetrator. Oh, no. No? Okay. Didn't make mine. All right. No. Uh, yeah, I love this. First of all, give me an adult Alicia Silverstone being a stone cold badass bitch. Love her. I think you're getting more of that, actually, because the next horror movie she's in sounds really good. Uh, yeah, can't wait. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. Yeah, I am just loving this reinvention of her career. Um, But so the the... The basic premise of this movie was pretty much the weaponization of empathy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I just, I thought it was interesting and visually I loved it. Uh, Just Alicia Silverstone with those bloody teeth. There's a lot of blood in this. So much blood. Just so much blood. There's little bits of blood. There's big blood. There's swimming in pools of blood. There's blood coming out of a cake. There's homemade orifices. Can't forget those homemade orifices. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a, a mother daughter reconciliation. There's found family. Yeah, I mean I loved it just uh, all the way through. <laughs> I mean I think what I think I had there were some confusing elements to it that I I couldn't quite gel with. But I mean I I liked I liked when the director really went there and it got like super disturbing. Like and that was the um, there's a okay so there's a also a, there's a serial killer in this right and. There's also an element of um, like cosmetic surgery fetishism. That's <laughs> right, and uh, yeah. there's a there's an obsession with youth. Yep, absolutely. It's 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 strange. There's a lot going on. There is, yeah. It's a it's a lot, and I'm not gonna say the script is perfect. It's a, it's a little messy in places, but I think it delivers overall. Okay. All right. So, oh wow, we're at number four. Wait, what was your number five? My number five was Who's Sarah the Bone Woman. So yeah, what's your number four? It's Evil Dead Rise. Oh, I have it as number three. Okay. But let's uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it now. Um, holy crap! So good. So good. <laughs> and the the idea to do both um, the Ash character as a teenage girl and the the mother as sort of a take on Ash as well. <laughs> right, yeah, they sort of split him up into two characters. And they were great. The The actress that plays the mother in Evil Dead Rise is so fantastic. Honestly, everyone, everyone, everyone was, really, was good. really good. I mean, they are just, they're firing on all cylinders all the way through. Yep. The, the cold open 
with the scalp ripped off and the girl dragging herself across the deck that to the oh to the God. evil dead rise title sequence yeah, coming up <laughs> titling is amazing <laughs> it looked so cool yeah visually it is beautiful just absolutely beautiful i do wonder though because uh it was always presented as this was going to be evil dead in a high rise oh and then it turns out it's just in an apart little it's in an apartment building yeah, it's just a regular old apartment building. You know, just a handful of floors. They're on like a fourth floor walk up. Right. I thought we were going to get like Poltergeist 3, you know, in the in the mirrored sky skyscraper. But no. I, yeah, I, there's, it is so gory. Mm-hmm. And it, it has, it does have that feel like it, it is a follow up to um, the reboot. It does. It's so much blood. <laughs> so much blood. There is just so much blood, which sometimes I like. Um, but I mean, I'm I I'm I'm all for a lot of blood. yeah. I like a lot of blood. The um, but yeah, this one is all about this one is all about that family that just this small fam family like getting tore up. You know, I mean, those poor people they just cannot catch a break. No, it's so good, so good, so good. So I have uh, Five Nights at Freddy's as my number four. Oh. Okay, Five Nights at Freddy's just was bumped off the list. It was just, it was 11. Oh, oh man. I mean, I found the cre- creature design to be creepy as hell. Very, yes, and because I never played the game. Uh, me neither. So I didn't know that they were Chuck E. Cheese um, characters. So yeah, I was only uh, vaguely aware of that from other cultural touch points, from the amount of uh, uh, anime and cosplay stuff that i tend to consume oh, okay 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 so yeah even though i have that vague idea i mean holy crap these guys were creepy yeah, it was, they were pretty creepy they were pretty creepy i didn't i also um love the aspect that these were the ghosts of murdered children and reanimating these these robotic characters oh yeah yeah definitely that was uh wow holy crap yeah very disturbing and i actually i don't mind josh hutcherson in this yeah no, I know yeah i thought he was fine you know I mean, he uh, he is what he is, you know? He's just a nice guy trapped in a bad situation, you know? And he's just uh, trying to do his best. <laughs> he was he was in another horror movie. Was he? Yeah. He was in a, I think it was called Detention. That's kind of kind of in the vein of um, Happy Death Day 2. Okay. Or Happy Death Day to You. I don't know how they did that. So it has like a time... Time travel. Time travel component, yeah. Huh. I'll uh, have to check that one out now. So where are we? So now we're getting to my number three is Cobweb. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's talk about it because that's the one that was my number ten. Yeah, I the yeah this one took me by surprise because I, I didn't know what to expect from it at all. Yeah, I didn't. And either. it is another one that has is full on like Halloween vibes. Oh yes, super creepy, like parents growing rotten pumpkins in the backyard. Um, yeah, but the. The thing in the walls. Oh my god! The girl in the walls scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah, and it's a it's another one with excellent use of sound design. Yeah, it's great. And then even when they get to the creature effects, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They put a lot of work into this, man. Yeah. And then the characters too. That that Lizzie Kaplan. Oh my god. She's she is so good. I did not expect her to be that good in. Well, she a was. She role. plays young Annie Wilkes in the Castle Rock series on Hulu. Oh. That's right, she does. Yeah, and her first—I think her first movie was Cloverfield, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know. It's that's all shaky cam, so huh, I stand corrected. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, she's she's so good in it. She's really creepy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the dad is terrifying, and it's just—it looks like it looks like abuse on top on the on the top. Yes. So it it's like okay, the the parents are awful. Clearly, they're they're borderline. They're like kidnappers. They're holding a child in the walls. Yeah, yeah. It's clear that something terrible. Something is going terrible on. is going on, and we've got a a kind teacher who's way over her head. Yeah, it's just so far. <laughs> I mean, and she's she's just a substitute teacher. She's I know. <laughs> she's not getting paid for any of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta say. The way this woman goes above and beyond for this one student is so admirable and so out of line with what we pay teachers. Right. Well, and, and it's also, she's a sub, so she's contracted. Right. So there's, yeah. 
so she makes no money. Yeah, none. She's paid by the day. Right. She's a day player. She reminds me. Of, so this is like a long-standing trope, though. True, true, true. You've got the the teacher with the heart of gold who's going to help out this kid, and then that's a big, huge mistake. And get sucked into something so much larger than they anticipated. Right, like antlers, Carrie Russell and antlers. Yes. Um. Anyway, yeah. No, I thought it was. I thought it was great. The creature effects were great. Oh, yeah. No, I really liked it. It has. It has a lot of stuff that's really well trod yeah um like you've got the bullies who sort of come back in the end for their comeuppance all that kind of stuff it's yeah which i i think that's why it's further down on my list um because it does just uh pull from a lot of proven ground yeah it's trope heavy yeah for sure but but yeah visually it was beautiful and it was really well acted, and I really enjoyed it. But the spreadsheet says it's lower. <laughs> the score says it's lower. Mine says three. Okay. Mine says three. <laughs> so what's your three? Uh, my number three My number three was Evil Dead Rise. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, what's your number two then? My number two is Talk to Me. Ooh. Well, dibs. Because <laughs> I guess you know where that's landing on mine. All right, so then what's your number two? My number two is Thanksgiving. Which I haven't seen Oh, yet. my God. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. And, yeah, it's It's just now available for rent, and it's a $20 rental. Oh, yeah. And I just couldn't do it last night at midnight when it released. <laughs> it It is so much fun. I mean, it, it kind of it suffers from sort of Scream 6, that the unwillingness to kill off main characters. Oh, yeah. It suffers a little bit from that, which I'm I'm not I'm not loving as a trend because Scream as historically Scream almost made my list too. Scream six. I thought it was really fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I really loved yeah. it. But I mean everyone lives. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> I mean it's like they had to introduce some new characters to kill them off. And that kind of that happens a bit on Thanksgiving. Some main characters die, but it's um the the killer, which is sort of a this it's 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 set in Plymouth, Massachusetts, on of course Thanksgiving. And the sort of the crux of the situation is or the, the impetus is the the local store department store owner has decided to um do an early Black Friday sale on Thanksgiving. Of course, because right. you just can't and... move those sales up any further. You know, it's like we're not even taking advantage right. of those Thanksgiving Day sales. That's right. So this, there's a parking lot just full of people trying to get into the store because it, there's so much free crap you can get, apparently, if you're the first ones in. Oh, my God. And uh-huh. so the it is set up from the very beginning to be like this riot rampage that, that happens. And it's exactly what you think it's going to be. But way more gory because it's Eli Roth, and um, yeah, it's it's really fun. Really okay, yeah, sounds great. I mean, I am absolutely looking forward to it. It just uh, hasn't happened for me yet. There's, yeah, there's a there's an oven scene that's truly disturbing. Okay, yay! Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember seeing the the trailer for it? the The original trailer that was in Grindhouse. Oh, definitely. Yes. So all of that stuff kind of happens. Because I was waiting for it to be like, girl on trampoline does a splits, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's not quite like that. Okay. So there's a there's a lot of things where you think you know what's going to happen, and it changes up. I do love a trailer that pulls from you know potentially deleted scenes. <laughs> well, they just mess with you. I mean, because because it gives you the overall vibe of the film which is what the trailer is supposed to do right but it doesn't give you anything away exactly it allows you to be surprised this is is a fun one yeah and i feel like it's one of those uh like we have john carpenter's halloween and i feel like now we have eli roth's thanksgiving and i'm not saying it's on par but we've now got something that we can clearly identify as the thanksgiving horror movie other than blood rage which is i mean a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) yeah this one i think this one is clearly trying to be the classic yearly watch this is the thanksgiving movie for horror fans yeah and it's definitely a lot of fan service it's 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 pretty great anyway so that's well we know what number one is what's your number two my number two is uh talk to me which is your number one, so... Okay, well, then we're then we're there. So, no, my number one is uh, Totally oh, Killer. Oh, shit. Okay, well, then let's talk... We'll talk about Talk to Me first, because every I, I feel like everyone has seen Talk to Me at this point. 
pretty much. Oh, definitely. Any, anyone who's a horror fan has seen Talk to Me. I, for a movie made by two guys who just have a web series. Yeah, but I feel like just has a web series is the new independent film. Right, but this movie is like, they, they have really pulled, pulled something out of their asses. Oh, absolutely. Here. This thing is fantastic. And it, it um, frames kids or frames Gen Z in a way that feels way more um, realistic than just about anything I've seen. Yes. There's, there's an element to it. They're very phone-driven, mm-hmm. very like, um, like video-driven, texting, all that kind of stuff is, is all a huge part of this movie. And it's like the way that you get introduced to... The horror element. The horror element, the the hand. Yeah, the uh, the mechanism. The mechanism for the horror. Um, yeah, the, there are some incredibly scary things in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would put a trigger warning right up at the front uh, with that scene with the kangaroo. The horror stuff, you expect that to happen. Oh, yeah. But there's a scene in the beginning with a kangaroo on the road that sets up her entire character arc oh, yeah. that I found just super disturbing and hard to watch. Well, that well, that's where it ends. Yeah. It, it begins where it ends. It begins <laughs> where big, it ends. It's a big loop. Um, the the kids in this movie, the the actors, the young actors are great. There's like Yeah, they're all fantastic. It doesn't even it doesn't feel like acting. It feels like we've been dropped into just these people's lives and the the boy the the shit that he, they put him through is oh my god it's like hellraiser shit it's it's terrifying <laughs> he's so young he's just a little baby he's so young i yeah but i love yeah i mean we were, we were talking during totally killer about if gen z even still had house parties and if these are the house parties they're having shut that shit down <laughs> that's it we're selling all the houses we're getting rid of them. Yeah, no, shut it down. The worst things we got up to with some Mickey's Big Mouths and a bag of bad weed. Oh, I remember I remember some seances. You did what? No, my friends would never have seances with me. Oh, yeah, I remember some seances. But nothing like this, nothing that was, like, verified. <laughs> like, we've got a verified in so that you could become possessed for one minute. I mean, and the the fact that, that all these kids don't run screaming from the room yeah. when it happens no. I mean, is they just are immediately phones up, which is a way of disassociating yourself from the situation. And that's it, I think. that's I think that's the takeaway, is that th- this can all happen because they dissociate. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that it's clearly a... Um, a metaphor for drug use. Yes. Because they become like addicted to this experience. And it's and, all for peer pressure. I mean, everyone wants yeah, to do it because genius. it is really, really good. <laughs> and I don't know how much of the metaphorical content is intentional or not. It is so good. But it's so good. And every little bit works so well together. Right. And you know what else is good? Totally killer. <laughs> You're... Yeah. It is, which is my number one. And to be honest, it scored exactly the same as Talk to Me. Oh, okay. But it got the number one spot because Nanachka Khan, who, as we've previously discussed, I absolutely adore. Yeah, we love her. We love her. And we're going to have, we have an entire podcast about Nanachka Khan. Which I believe will be out later today. Right, right. So do we want to talk about, talk, um... Totally killer here. It's got Kiernan Shipka. Shipka. It's time travel. Time travel. It's a serial killer. Serial killer. And it's both horror and comedy. Um, the director, Nanachka Khan, and much of the cast have their roots in comedy. And they bring it. It's great. It's great. Visually, it's great. With the exception of the mask. We hate the mask. The mask is dumb. Yeah. It looks yeah. It looks like Max Headroom. It does. But, but other than that... It was great, um, but we did a whole episode on that, so go listen to that. Yes, do that. Okay, honorable mentions. So I have uh, I have one honorable mention, and it would have been my number one if it had been released this year, oh. like, by far. <laughs> okay. And it is Mimi Caves Fresh. Fre- oh, is that about the hairdos? No, no, that's style. Okay, what am I thinking? No, Fresh is the one... Where she's uh she's dating on Tinder and it opens 
with she's on this terrible date with this uh neck scarf guy oh it's it's daisy edgar jones yes. and um uh what's his name and the winter soldier yeah yeah that's him uh, bucky barnes bucky barnes and daisy edgar jones from <laughs> um normal people yeah yeah and they are both absolutely fantastic they're great they're great I love this movie. It's almost like you're rooting for him at times. I mean, a little even bit. though he's he's a complete psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you but you really you really understand how it is that she wound up in this predicament because he is very charming. Yes. And uh, he seems very charming and comfortable. And you're like, yeah, sure, I'll get in a car and just head off for parts unknown with this guy. I will say, Cottage Grove is no one's idea of a vacation destination. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so they set this movie in Portland and... um, Oh my God, is Cottage Grove where they filmed Animal House? Yes. (laughs) Cottage Grove is is a bedroom community of Eugene. And, and that's it. I mean, it's just uh, it's just suburban houses and what used to be farms. Good times. <laughs> yeah. So nobody, nobody who takes you on a vacation to Cottage Grove is doing you any favors. Just don't get in that car. <laughs> You're going to Cottage Grove to meet family, and that's it. Yeah. This one was. This one's really fun, though. I mean, it's fun in a in a super sick way. Yeah, I absolutely love this movie. It had me hooked from the very beginning. All the way through to the end. Love, love, love. Yeah, I think that one's on Hulu, right? Yeah, it is on Hulu. And it um, it scored a perfect score on my score chart. <laughs> we'll have to look at that. We'll have to see a spreadsheet. Like, you'll have to expose it. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll expose my spreadsheets. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I think we would be remiss to not bring up Megan. Mathregan! Mathregan. <laughs> that, well, that was probably... The highest camp next to um, next to Totally Killer that there was all year. Oh, definitely. But a Megan was like that's like a masterclass in camp. Truly, because the fact that they have her doing a dance to to like <laughs> to begin a kill. I mean, and everyone's seen it because it's part of the trailer. <laughs> it's part of the trailer, but the fact that it happens is just it's insane. It is, and that that she runs like a dog. All the all these weird things that happen. Yeah, and then there's the like, why is she in a Werner Herzog dress? <laughs> I mean, it's it's so brown. It's just so I, brown. It seems like a weird marketing choice to me. Well, there's going to be a sequel, so it's going to have to be market. I, and it's probably going to be more more Megans. More Megans. Lots of Megans. So will the A be, be Megan Maforgan. So yeah, so Scream Six would be another one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Scream Six, absolutely excellent. Uh... Did you see Sick? I did see Sick. I enjoyed Sick a lot. I did too. I think the the only thing that keeps pushing it down is that it was while it's it's an interesting take on COVID. Mm-hmm. It's because it's an interesting take on COVID. It's kind of de- depletes you. Yeah, and at this point, we want. I mean, we just. I know. I just don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, and I think just uh, in the moment, Sick actually was, I believe, released last year. Oh, it was. Yeah, and had I seen it in the moment, it would have been uh, very topical and timely. But at this point in time. Oh, you think it was a little too late? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was post peak. Yeah. yeah. I'd say, let's see. Unseen has to get an honorable mention from me as well. Oh, I have, I didn't get to see Unseen. Uh, Yoko Akamura. So this uh, did read more drama than horror for me, mm-hmm. but the mechanics of the film overall, I thought were amazing. It's a woman kidnapped by an abusive ex, but she manages to get away, but she breaks her glasses and has to use FaceTime with That's her... Right the last number who called her which is a wrong number to get her out of danger that's great that's a yeah i thought it was fantastic now there's another there was another movie and i won't be able to name it about a um it was about a blind woman who's house sitting and she utilizes a service where they they access her camera to tell her which way to go oh but that's something that she does on the regular is accessing that service and so when the house is there's a um, like a home invasion, and then basically the the person talks her through like becoming a vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what you're gonna which is, do, which is fun. I can't remember the name of the the movie, but yeah, it was that was interesting. I I only have one other one that I think I want to mention, which is, and that was 
Um, Hell House LLC. Oh, it's origins. I did not see that. The Carmichael Manor. Okay. I will say I loved Hell House LLC. The and uh, Abaddon Hotel scared the crap out of me. It was amazing. Yeah, there's something about what they're doing with found footage that is yeah they're tapping into some shit yeah because i mean found footage it's it's a it's not normally my jam me either really damn yeah there's and this one brings back the clowns yes the so scary so scary clowns yes and they are they are moving around this house like crazy i mean you don't see them move of course but you hear them they're just there (laughs) no you don't i don't none of that but this one is it brings in an element of cults mm-hmm. into it, and it's yeah, it's it's very creepy, very very creepy. I'll have to watch it. You will have to, but that's that's about really it. I mean, we I could go down my entire list, but it it just starts to get more. I'm sure it gets uh, gets a little out yeah, there. Little, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also um, another female director, Anna Zlokovic's, um Appendage. Did you get to see that? I did, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's it's midway down my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine too. I did really enjoy it when I was watching it. There, um, it it features um, Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek. Yes, as in a villain role, actually. <laughs> 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 Which is interesting because you wouldn't think she is she would play that kind of character, but she definitely works. Yeah, she uh, she she pulls it off, no problem here. Yeah, and it, this one owes a lot to Basket Case from oh, the eighties, where you know it's basically a tumor, right? A sentient tumor, that... <laughs> sentient tumor that just starts to look more and more like it's it's you know bisected, dissected owner. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so uh, overall, good year from movies. Um, I I will say that we had far fewer crossovers than I thought we were going to have. I didn't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought we were going to be like, nope, dibs, dibs, dibs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of did too. But no. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we I'm really not only t- had a handful. Yeah, that's true. All right, top ten. What's coming up? Oh, we've got Totally Killer coming. Actually, Totally Killer should have already dropped before this comes out. Yeah, no, it's out. Yeah. It's it's uh it's out today. Uh, so you've already heard our discussion on that. Obviously, we haven't really talked about what we want to do in the future. So yeah, what do we want to do to kick off next year? I feel like we had a we had a discussion about the role that Barbara Crampton is playing in a resurgence of sort of B movie horror movies that have been we. Did. And I think maybe we need to have a, a Barbara Crampton pod. Yeah, we can uh, we can have a Barbara Crampton discussion for sure, and we'll talk about suitable flesh at that time. Yes, that would be that would be the one I think we could talk about. It's it there. It, it was very. It kind of surprised me, but I'll I'll leave my I'll leave my ideas till then. Okay, so next time Mark is going to lead us in a discussion on Barbara Crampton. <laughs> You know, and I'm going all the way back to days of our lives. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm just going to give you ownership <laughs> of it. and <laughs> Sometime in the future. It may not be the next one. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a great year, and we'll see you next year. Yep. Happy New Year. Bye. Terrifying Women is an independent podcast. Please support us by liking, following, and maybe leaving a comment. Love to hear from you.